0: Welcome
1: your back, listeners, up and... to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from a bunch of people who used to watch Bills games together in Chicago, Illinois. The Buffalo Bills are ten and three. Jeff is watching game highlights. They haven't been ten and three from from what I can tell. This is probably on Twitter. I haven't read it yet in twenty nine years. And now, all we need is a Monday night win for the Cleveland Browns to clinch Woo-hoo! the division for the first time oh, in 25 wow. years. I'm Lars from just outside Philly. Joining us tonight from down there in Austin, Texas, Jam and Jeff Day is with us.
0: Two primetime victories in a row. And
1: it feels good to be uh, to get back-to-back wins over the Steelers, too, by the way. But that's as a as a uh, native Erieite, that might be a little more of a personal thing for me. Up there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Brew City, Buffalo Bill Nichols is
2: with us tonight. There's no uh, Quaker Steak Lubes here, Larzy, but that's what that place is called, right? Quaker Steak and Lube, yes. Yeah, yeah, Quaker Steak and Lube. However, we got some quick trips, and we got uh,
1: some quick trips to the end zone tonight. (laughs) <laughs> no Quaker steaks here either in Southeastern PA, but we do have Wegmans, which is where we get at least half of our groceries from. And speaking of Wegmans, native of Rochester, the president of the Bills, backers of Chicago, Sujit, rounding out tonight's crew.
3: Y'all talking a lot. Why did y'all talk so much? Y'all always just extend the podcast for no reason, just talking so much. we about to extend this goddamn postseason, though. <laughs> <laughs> like that.
1: Yeah, we're going to we're going to have more than 16 games to watch this year. Uh, that's looking pretty likely. Find us online to search for Bills and Beers if you want to connect on social media and subscribe to this podcast. However you get your podcast, we're on just about every podcasting platform. Folks, let's not waste any oh yeah we're on stitcher we're on oh, we're on the yeah, stitcher we're on the spotify stitcher. i think we're on google now too the itunes you, you you if you're looking for it you can find bills and beers let's not waste any more of our listeners precious time and talk about this prime time win over the pittsburgh steelers
3: ho 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 baby, baby,
0: baby. Yeah. a lot of spirit yeah, yeah. we got the spirit
1: So I reached out to our good friends at Maybe Next Year. Uh, again, if you're a podcast listener, listening to this podcast. You should also listen to theirs. It's good, smart, fun stuff. But I reached out to them uh, just as this game was ending to confirm whether or not 26-15 to 15 was a score-agami. It is not. <laughs> they they have replied to let us know. It is not a score-agami, but it is the final score of tonight's game. 26-15. to 15. Suj, a Scorigami is a combination of scores which has never happened before. <laughs> Love it.
3: I see. Okay.
1: So if, it's, if a team was to win like five to nine, chances are that's a Scorigami.
3: I was hoping Highly that it unlikely. was a score. It was if you folded it in half and then turned it backwards and flipped it on backwards, it would be the same score. Uh-huh.
1: Aha. <laughs> uh, that is not what we're not talking case. about here. But hey, we won the game twenty six fifteen. And you know yeah. what? I'm gonna say it tonight. I say it every time we win to start off this segment, but this time it's actually really, really true. We won twenty six fifteen, but it was not all pretty. And I will, I will go ahead and you know what I'll just go first. Sure. I give my Jenny Cream mail to me. Because mm. I yeah, doubted I the agree. hell out of this team. <laughs> <laughs> negative
3: I did fancy. it before you
1: could. Wow. I, this I'd, is a be mo- monumental
2: uh, occasion here.
1: Because, you know, that, that uh, first quarter and a half until Teron Johnson took one into the house, more on that later, it was pretty brutal. Uh, we had about 45 yards or like 50. I think we had 56 yards of offense and then had like an eight-yard loss through about a quarter and a half of football. And it was, it was flashbacks, post-traumatic stress, episodes of the Tyrod Taylor era and I was having none of it. Just the Steelers were crowding the line of scrimmage, they were collapsing the pocket and we looked absolutely helpless on offense. The term I kept using was this feels insurmountable. But we got that lead and we and we widened that lead and I'm sure that insurmountable insurmountable This is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer. Insurmountable was the feeling that many Steelers fans were feeling for the rest of the game. But I was pretty low. I was pretty down on this team. I wasn't liking what I was seeing from the offense. I just had a feeling that the the Steelers were going to pull a rabbit out of their hat on offense, and it was just going to be a brutal night, and I was really down on this team. I was down on my boy Josh, so uh, go ahead and give it to me. Go ahead and give it to me. Billy, coming to you now. No, hold on one second. Can I, double, second wait, moment, can I yeah. double up on giving it to
2: you? No, no. You, you know, so mine is going to be uh, Dawson Knox. Even mm. though I do think that he had some nice plays, he came back and uh, I think redeemed himself slightly. However, uh, his two straight plays, one of uh, one of which was missing that, uh, what is it? What was that uh, pass toward the end zone, right?
1: Yeah, one that, that he drew the.
2: The throw, the, 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 the high point, the high point catch, the high point catch, and then the second one, the, which 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 was right afterward, which you fumbled it. But the first one, right before that,
1: yeah. You know, I heard I, I, it, somebody encapsulated this pretty well. I read in a tweet that it seemed like it seems like with Dawson Knox, he doesn't focus well because yeah. he because we've seen him make spectacular plays. And like crazy sideline, like back shoulder catches, and then he just does like the dumbest, most boneheaded, airheaded shit, and it seems like it's just because he's not, but focused. He he doesn't focus well, play in and play out. And that's why he's such a frustrating player to watch.
3: I think he's spent a little too much time around Lee Smith, and he, let me explain why. Because when that man gets the ball in his hand, he's ready to truck over people. Like, you could be a 400-pound lineman, it doesn't matter, because Dawson Knox wants to take you head-on, stiff-arm you, throw you to the ground like he did in that uh, you know the iconic play last year. But I also think that he's just a natural athlete, and so sometimes he makes these crazy plays when he's not thinking because he just, he's just able to do that, right? But when it takes technical expertise and it mm-hmm. takes getting back to your fundamentals and really thinking about, hey, I have this guy on my left side. I have to position my body this way. I have to make the catch. When it takes to making the plays that Stefan Diggs makes because mm. he's such a technician mm-hmm. um, or that Cole Beasley makes because he's such a technician – I don't know that he'll ever be there, right? He's pure athleticism. I mean, that's focus. It's focus. Right. It is. Yeah, yeah. it is. I mean, that's the thing. It's like he can make plays because he's an athlete, right? But he's he's Josh Josh Allen before he changed, right? Like he's he can make amazing plays, but he won't ever be a great tight end or a great receiver because unless unless he studies his game to the point where he can be a technician. Yeah, and, and
1: we'll let's come back to that point in a bit as it pertains to Josh. So, but we'll stick with you here, Suge. You're Jenny Cremail bummer of tonight's game.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm struggling because I want to give it to one of our running backs, and I don't want to give it to Dev, uh, De- Zach Moss. Um, uh, but then I just looked at the stats, and Devin Singletary has a higher yards per carry than Zach Moss. He has a uh, – and they both have the same long – you know, and so I, I don't know. I don't know. There was something about the way Devin Singletary was running that just didn't strike me as great. Um, but I, you know what? Here, actually, I'm going to take it all back, and I'm going to give it to Brian Dayball um, for the mm. first half. I'm going to give it to him for his first half. First half, Because time. I think for, for the first time I've seen this Bills team outcoached from the start, right? Like, he did not have the game plan to anticipate what their defense was going to do. And usually we come out on fire in the first quarter. And maybe there's a little bit of slowdown, but we usually do okay in the second quarter. We were just stymied the first quarter, right? Now, I think I'm—I mean, I'm going to—a little preview here. I'm probably going to give it to him as my Labatt Blue for the second half because mm. of the changes. Because God knows we never see changes out of this Bills team, right, and to make— but. My God, it was like a, it was obviously you know something that Jeff likes to say, a tale of two halves, right? Um, and I will say that the game plan against the Steelers in the first half was bad, was really, really, really bad from an offensive standpoint. Yes, we just got outplayed. Whatever.
1: Well, they played well, and I think Josh didn't play great. I agree. Th- and I, I think some of those plays were some of
2: those plays were there. They were just a little bit off and it's the it's the 10-yard, those 14-yard plays and Josh just would slightly miss someone and you just you know but when he's hitting on all cylinders those are the plays he's a rhythm passer man like that's just what when he get when he starts to get off he needs to get back on that train and that's yeah. one of the reasons why he's been particularly good this year is he gets back on that train really really quickly where it's just the blip on the radar is that missed pass is that you know slightly bad decision
3: and he was just a little but bit I- off for the first half I just think that having him make 14-yard passes was the mistake, right? Like, having those plays out to – now, there may have been underneath routes. There may have been quick outs. There may have been, like, you know, dump-off yeah. passes that were available that we don't see. We don't. I mean, I don't watch all 22s and all that other stuff. But I just felt like in the in the second half, the designed play, the number one or number two receiver, was a seven-yard route, right? That's why – that, well, that one drive where Stephon Diggs – broke his hundred yards for the game was all underneath routes and then yards after the catch. Yeah. Uh, Yes.
1: But from a tactical standpoint, the only thing I picked up and again, I picked it up just from reading Twitter. So take it for what it's worth was that they were, they were playing a lot of two tight end sets, which just gave him more time. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the things that we saw in the first half, and I I mentioned it earlier, the pockets were just so tight and we've seen him throw through traffic, but I mean, he got inter—he got interfered with with the interception. I mean, the guy hit his arm, that one bad the, before the the Knox fumble. But and, and that, as and you that know, would have
3: been a touchdown, right? So that's the thing. Like Beasley was behind the receivers, the right? So if he makes that throw, it's a very different game we're talking about. But to Billy's point, I agree. Hot Josh
1: cannot be stopped. <laughs> I mean, he—he he, he can't. It, when when he's in a rhythm and he's hitting his guys, he's. It does Lights not matter out. what you do. He, and we saw it last week against the Niners. We just saw hot Josh for four quarters. Yep. We saw hot Josh for two and a half quarters tonight. Yep. It was yep. The, the the latter half of the game. And he, he can't be stopped. You blitz him on every down, it's not gonna matter. I mean they, they continue to blitz in the second half. They had guys in his lap. Did they get a sack? Did they get home? No, but he fucking carved him up. Jeff, coming to you now. We'll get out of this now pretty quickly. You're Jenny Creamell bummer of today's game. We'll get out
0: of this pretty quickly.
1: Um, I mean, first and foremost, we glossed over Lars's one
0: of <laughs> one of Lars's great admissions of. Uh, I mean, in the 15 years we've been doing this podcast, comes out of the yeah. gates, and we just gloss it over. I mean,
2: oh, wait a when second, I'm wrong, Jeff. I say I'm wrong. Wait a second, Jeff. No, you he don't. He hasn't gotten. Such a he hasn't gotten, gotten no, to don't,
1: it. don't confuse with me being wrong. infrequently with <laughs> with, with me being un, See, un, incapable of admitting when I'm wrong.
2: And Jeff, he also has not talked about his Labat Blue MVP, which could totally erase everything he said about himself. Okay, okay, okay. I like it. I like it.
1: So I've given myself the MVP at least twice.
0: <laughs> so look at my my, my Jenny L MVP. Hey guys, when was the last time we won at home on a Sunday night football game? Tuh, never. Who,
1: right? Never. Uh, it may have nope, been nope. never. By the no, way, this, literally never. Well, not, not since not since it went to this NBC format.
0: So this is the this is the preface to my uh, um, Jenny Cremel. The Jenny Cremel is COVID. It, it's it's everything that didn't allow Bills fans to be present for this monumental event. And Careful, we might get a review. We might get a review. I know. Look at this. We're not we're not going to get. I'm not getting political in this stance. I'm just saying the fact name that names. Bills. The fact that Bills Nation couldn't be there, seventy thousand yeah. strong, to witness this event um, on a nice, beautiful, uh, you know, thirty-two degree evening in Buffalo—that just stinks. It stinks. It's the yeah. only thing. It's the only negative thing about this game. We're going to go talk about the positive stuff now. But I feel bad for Bills Nation, um, and I can't wait to talk about the positive stuff.
1: Well, I, and I keep having like nightmares of. Josh having a knee injury in like quarter one of week one next year, and it's going to be another two Mm -hmm. years before Bill's Mafia can watch him again in person. And we sort of – and I I hope that doesn't happen. I'm not saying it's guaranteed to happen, but you you just – that would just be the ultimate pie in the face. Yep, yep. Because we talked about it before the season, like we're going to be great this year. We're going to have a, it's going to be a fun team to watch. We'll probably win the weird Super Bowl, as we've been saying, which <laughs> yeah. doesn't seem that far off now. And it, there's not going to be a giant party downtown if we do. There's not going to be any parade. And yeah, Bills fans aren't there to watch us on Monday night or on Sunday night football. Be be the toast of the AFC. Yeah, which you know, if not for the Chiefs, yeah. <laughs> Do There's guys, no question left. Do
3: you really believe that downtown Buffalo won't explode coronavirus and all? <laughs> yeah, that's I've a good th- point. I mean, I've been thinking about this. It is over the past I mean, week. Ha- half a Buffalo doesn't believe that there is a coronavirus. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Like, so <laughs> let's get on they're with they're the even, good stuff, though. Yeah, let's do this. Let's get, let's get into the yeah. Questions. Let's get okay, on with to let's do
2: the do it. parade, though. We are going to talk. We are going to get back to the parade.
1: Well, let's start with you then, Billy. You're the bad blue MVP of today's game. Can
2: we do a Can we do the whole with uh,
1: not talk about Stefan Diggs?
2: Like, cause no, I mean, everyone if, could. If you want, yeah, yeah, fire it up, Stefan Diggs. Just yeah. al- always open. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he's the, he's unbelievable. He's the. I mean, I don't want to say he's the best thing to happen to our franchise because Josh Allen is right uh, or whatever. You can make an argument in a lot of different ways what the best thing to happen to our franchise is. But Stefan Diggs is a very, very, very good thing to have had happen, and for our management team to have made it happen he's he's always open, and he's it's such a beautiful thing you know for years we've waited for oh this tall, wide receiver or someone like one of these big possession tight ends someone who can always be open is josh's security blanket and here you have it in Stefan Diggs yeah. all he needs he doesn't need he needs three inches to create. Separ- separation right he just like one little tiny move his routes are just unbelievable and he's it's it's great man and this timing with josh is just incredible the fact that they're on the same page too because you got to give credit to josh for for you know for feeding digs as well right and trusting him so uh so it's been awesome to watch i love it
3: it's the, it's amazing the confidence bill that he gives josh right or or that that each receiver like I feel like Josh. You know, he struggles in games where he struggles. He struggles. He struggles. He struggles. And then some receiver comes up to him and says, "Josh, mm. I'm going mm-hmm. to make. I'm going to. I'm going to do everything for you. I'm going to <laughs> play for you." And and it's Cole Beasley mm-hmm. for an entire drive where all we do is go to Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. It's John Brown, it, it just right, or it's John Brown. And, and 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 this this game and and in previous games it's been Stephon Diggs, um, and you know, let's not underestimate the fact that when we were letting the game run out on what was it was at the the end of the third quarter going into the fourth quarter Stefan Diggs was kind of pissed you know like and and like he was clearly fired up this game right and so I think that there's there's just that like once Josh gets that family feeling right like I think he's a family guy I think it's a, a like a, a team first thing and once he gets that faith that hey these guys are going to lift me up Past the badness passes, then I don't give a fuck what blitz is coming to me, because I know mm-hmm. that my guy is going to be there. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing, Billy, I agree with you, even if he's not open, Josh finds a way to make him open, right, and yeah. and just like Beasley, you know, like it's just, like it's not, it's not only finding the, the, the receiver that's open, right, I think Josh says, that, I want to throw to this guy, and... Mm-hmm. I feel like he's got the hot hand right now. And he, I mean, let's be honest. You saw some of those replays. Stephon Diggs made that poor cornerback break <laughs> his ankles multiple times. Multiple, <laughs> multiple times. Um, and, and, you know, when you see that, you're just like, well, I'm, I'm not going to stop throwing to you. And the amazing yeah. thing that I loved this game was the yards after the catch. Oh, that yak, there baby. So many yep. great yak yards. The crazy thing about what's
0: going on right now. Our number one receiver from last year, who had over a thousand yards has 380 yards this season. Is that John Brown? Yeah, John Brown and obviously and obviously mostly due to you know yeah. almost entirely due to just him not almost being on the field. But, but yes. my point is is like this offense is operating at this level without our number one offensive threat from last year who will be healthy mm-hmm. going into the playoffs. Yep. And who will be part of this team? That is a lot of optimism to have you know, had.
1: We talked about this last year, but I want to I want to pull this up because we're too <laughs> 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 because there's there's so much fun stuff to say about 2020 and, and how 2019 is is a year that we're building on and, and, and like in every way that you would hope a team could do, take all the good stuff you did. Don't regress and get better. And that's what we've done. Let's not lose sight of where this team was two years ago. And again, this is thanks again to Jeff. Jeff, who keeps us all on our toes. This, this is, again, mostly a credit to the man who just got a contract extension, Brandon mm-hmm. Bean. Okay, so we're going to talk about Labatt Blue MVPs. Yep. But here you go. You know who led this team in receiving yards in 2018?
0: Oh, boy. Kelvin Benjamin? No. Zay Jones? Zay Jones.
1: Zay Jones. Oh, yeah. God. You know who Lord, was number help. two? Robert Foster. Oh, Lord. Then it was Kelvin Benjamin. The, that was 2018. 2017 is not much prettier. In fact, in 2017, I believe it was Andre Jones. Andre Smith.
3: Andre Holmes, right? Andre Holmes. Andre Andre Holmes,
1: Holmes, thank you. Andre Holmes. (laughs) That's right.
3: I knew a name. Suck
1: it. Yeah, that that is a hell of a poll for you. It was Andre Holmes who led the team with touchdown receptions with three. Oh. Okay? So, yes, good for Stephon Diggs. Yes, great for Josh Allen. But thank God for Brandon Bean. Now, I do not want to take away from what these players have accomplished because, yes. And I was fully supportive of the Steelers' second-half strategy to start the third quarter to stop guarding Stephon Diggs. That was awesome. I will take that every week. Any team that wants to do that, by all means, have at it. But the evolution of this team and, it, and its ability to keep getting better I think is a source of optimism right now for a lot of Bills fans because it's hard to see like when this is going to stop. Like, wh- When do we reach the peak of the mountain? <laughs> because yeah. Every year we keep getting better. I mean, eventually it's going to stop. I mean, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but like at some point this is, it's it's not going to keep getting incrementally better the way it has. But, yeah, but let's not get it, into that now. At, at
3: some point it doesn't need to get any better. Once you're the best yep. in the NFL, you don't need to get yeah, better. Yeah, and
1: law of diminishing returns too. I get all that. I mean, and I get that, you know, there's, there's only going to be so much room for this team to get better. But, um, who hasn't got nobody else has gone? That was just that was just yeah Billy.
0: That, was, that was just Bill Stefan.
1: Yep, home run. All right, well then then Jeff, you got the mic, so have at it.
0: There's so many choices. I can't wait. We can maybe probably go around double, uh, Sujit special, as we like to call it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a name. I think we mentioned this guy as name maybe in like week three, week four. This guy might go down as the unherald uh
3: don't game changer This guy
0: may go person. down. This guy may go down as the as the unheralded game changer of this entire season. His name is barely mentioned. I don't even know what he looks like. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Oh boy. And his name is Daryl Williams. Mm. Wow. Oh, yeah.
2: Like it. Like
0: it. Yeah. This yep. this right tackle that we have Let's you talk about thinking yeah, back to yes. 2018, Lars. 2019, yeah. Cody Ford at right tackle, and in his rookie year was mm-hmm. hands down the biggest liability on the team. Right, biggest yeah. liability. Yep. We get this guy; nobody's ever heard of him. Another Carolina product. Yeah. None of us. This no guy. One's talking nobody's about talking him about him either, this guy. Right? We don't know what th- we don't know a thing about this guy. And all this guy has done all season is just be out there, doing. <clears throat> presumably, he's got to be top ten right tackles in the league this year. Um, and, and what did he do this year? How many how many times – I mean, he's going against one of the top five defensive ends in the league in T.J. Watt and handled his own. And what, what do you want yeah. from the guy? He handled his own. He handled his own. And so Darrell Williams, a guy that I, I think – if you ask me what is – what like besides Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen's development, the next biggest important – the next biggest factor of why this offense – has progressed this season is the change in play at right tackle, wow. and and that yep. is that's and that's Daryl Williams replacing uh, Cody Ford, who they've moved inside to guard. Obviously, he's out now, but um, so anyways, I, I'll give mine to Daryl Williams, a guy who was you know did well.
3: Jeff, has anyone else played right? Tackle this season?
0: Nope. Nope. Winters, huh? ju- uh, just, oh, Williams, no, no, He's
3: manned down from.
0: Just Williams. Just Williams. Ju- Williams all season from day one, from snap Which is one. Even
3: more impressive because he's had a rotating, like a, a revolving door next to him, right? So he's not able to build chemistry next to his right guard, right? It's been Ford. Right. It's been Winters. It's been whoever. So what's going on, Tyneseki? He's dead?
0: No, he's Tainaseki Dresses every week. He's there on the sidelines. He's the backup. But, I mean, this kid, Daryl Williams, who, who, again, none of us know anything about. And we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're in the one percentile of Bill's fans. Yeah. We, if, yeah, we're, if you were know behind don't. him in line at Barbell ordering your, ordering your wings, you would not know who he was. And this yeah. guy has been in the starting lineup from day one, and all he's done is be good. Is he spectacular? I have no idea. But all he's been is good. <laughs> And that's all you can ask for. And T.J. Watt's name was not mentioned that much tonight. Oh and no, it was mentioned, but all. it was
3: mentioned in how well he was neutralized. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, so, Good one. Come I like on, it. Let's go, let's go, Bills Mafia. Let's blow up Daryl Winters' Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> yeah,
1: you, yeah, you called him Daryl Williams, right? It's Daryl Winters, is it? No, 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 I, no. no Daryl Williams. 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 Ryan Winters is the right Ryan guard. Winters. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you Jesus. might be in the one percent, Bills Mafia. What is happened to you,
3: Lars? What is happening? <laughs> slowly, slowly, the de- devolution I of Lars. I caught LRZ. the suge. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, I'll
0: pass it over to you yeah, because it, so it sounds like you thought – I got my gonna... labat
3: Blue already picked out, and I, I previewed it before. But I'm going to go to second half changes. I'm going to go to second half adjustments. Um, they blitzed the shit out of us, and Josh didn't know what to do. I – Part of it is the change in protection. And and I will say, as much as I generally don't like the announcers, I actually thought the announcers today highlighted some really important things. They're like, oh, look at how much they're now double-teaming um, uh, God, the defensive tackle. I can't remember his name. Is. Yeah, yeah, Cam um, Hayward. And, and look, now, once in a while, though he's been great um, one-on-one, Daryl Williams, they're giving him a little bit of help. Like when they showed that um, uh, one where Morse came over and helped Uh, Daryl Williams against TJ Watt Um, But regardless They also had, okay, you're going to blitz from the right We're going to roll Josh, blitz from the left We're going to roll Josh out to the right And we all know that Josh, I mean Is lethal running to his right Um, So the second half That second Half adjustments where they said Okay, the blitz is working We're just going to tear them up We're going to dial it up even more This quarterback is not going to know what hit him Credit to Brian Dable for divining, de- designing a game plan that allowed Josh to find his <coughs> outlets, right? Um, and all we did was just shoot down the field and score a touchdown, right? And just de- Stefan Diggs just took over the game. Um, but what the beauty of that is that then they just weren't able to do that. They tried it a little bit the next drive where they were blitzing, 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 and it just wasn't working, right? We scored another touchdown. And yeah. then from that point on, then it was, like, it was like the San Francisco game where it's like, well, you can't do anything to beat us. We're going to run the ball yeah. against you, right? And to, to end off the game, we just ran the ball over and over and over again. Like, oh, you're, you know, you're going to do this. We're just going to – at that point, it's, it's one of those things where there's a sense of futility for the, for the defense, mm. right, where they just say that, well, we were doing really well against the Blitz, and he just figured it out right? Yeah. Dable and yeah. Allen together, they figured it out and we can't do that. And, you know, we're not going to just sit there and put everybody back into coverage because we know his receivers can find open spots in the zone. And we're not going to do that either. Cause if we just let him sit there for forever, he's going to run, he's going to do whatever. So they just run out of tricks. They're like, we, we don't know what to do against them. So until we play them again in, you know, however many weeks in the playoffs, we'll have to figure it out at that point, but there's nothing we can change right now. And so yeah. that's a beautiful thing. Like, like the, the, and, and, and the thing that I liked is that, you know, normally we go to sleep in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope somebody takes third quarter bills as they're at Labat Blue. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but normally we go to sleep in the third quarter, and this week we, went, we came to life in the third quarter. And it's just so nice to see those adjustments. We were a completely different team in the second half than we were in the first half. And, and, and man, Brian Dable, great job. And Josh Allen.
2: Mm. I'm very, I'm very glad we played the Steelers, and their defense, and I'm very glad we played the Chiefs as we look toward the postseason. Like having that experience under our belts, is gonna make us even more dangerous than we realize. Yeah, that's a great
1: point. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna give my the blue to, and I, and I do want to talk about Josh obviously, and we can talk more about Stephon Diggs. There's some great, great quotes coming out about him from Trey and some other guys in the locker room after this win. Um, I'm going to give my labat blue, though, to being an offensive first team, because when you were an offensive first team, like the sky is the limit. And I have often said on this podcast that it doesn't matter what sport I'm coaching. If, I, if I'm coaching any team at any level, the philosophy is going to be simple. We're going to score 100 points a game, and you're going to have to figure out a way to score 101 to beat us, period. That's, that's how it's going to work. And what we saw tonight was a, a Steelers team who's very strong on defense and can't do shit on offense. And when you get your back up against the wall and you have a team who can't push the ball down the field and score quickly, then you get out of games, and games become, as I said earlier, insurmountable. And that's how it felt before we got our offense going, but then we got our offense going. And and because we got our offense going, it proves that we're an offensive first team. I was given, again, so I'm a native Erieite here, so I've got two really, I've got a lot of friends who are Steelers fans. Uh, two of my best buds growing up, Steelers fans. As I was in a separate group meeting with them, and I was giving them big ones about Tomlin's decisions to punt. In yep. the first half twice yep. in Bill's territory. So there's a there's a uh, Twitter handle called the Surrender Index. Okay, and the second time they punted was this. This is what this I think is a bot tweet. So it, like it takes in the stats and it spits out these tweets. So it says Pittsburgh deciding to punt to Buffalo from the Buffalo 41 on fourth and three with 11:44 remaining in the second while tied 0-0 is a surrender index of 21.41. This punt ranks at the 98th percentile of cowardly punts of the 2020 season and the 97th percentile of all punts since 2009. Hey, you know who they don't say that about anymore? The Bills. Because we go for it on fourth down. Because we can trust our deep... Fourth and three. Fourth and three at our opponent's 41? Are you fucking kidding me? You don't think that Sean McDermott doesn't trust his team to go out there and pick up 10 feet? Absolutely, all day long. But when you're a team that can't trust your offense, you end up making these ridiculous decisions. And it comes back. Now, now, granted, they did that, and then Dawson Knox fumbled, so my buddies got to be like, well, see, it wasn't a dumb thing. That's ex-. And it, no, come on, no. It yeah. was, at best, stupid and arrogant, and at worst, cowardly and dumb.
3: <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is, especially the time of game that, that it was done, we had done nothing on offense up until that point, right? So, you have to have faith that your offense is that, that your defense will continue to maintain that. So if it's if you're at the forty three yard line or whatever, you go for it because your defense has owned the Bills offense until that point. Right? Right. So, so what's it's the difference if we take that, over the, like, the forty one to the fifteen? it like shouldn't after, make any
1: difference. Right. After yeah. we do that
3: in the in the third quarter after we scored two touchdowns, maybe you don't make the same decision.
1: But 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 but, but Suge, the whole point here is that you don't make the decision based on what your defense is gonna do after you don't get this. You make yeah. the decision knowing that, like, well, it's it's not even a, it's not even a get like yes we're gonna we can get ten feet we can get ten feet in our sleep it's three yards we can get three yards if we want to there's no there's no way you're stopping us from getting three yards
3: but I think that from from that standpoint I, I if I was a Steelers I would not feel comfortable with that they, they exactly they and that's the point the yeah
1: that's the point but yeah. we are comfortable with it and I'm comfortable as a Bills fan saying like I have said now for two years about the Chiefs. You have to score thirty points to beat us. Yep. And if you're, and if your team, just like you, got to figure out a hundred one, you got to figure out way to score a hundred one points against my pee wee basketball team. You got to figure out a way to score thirty points to beat these Buffalo Bills. Period. End of story. And if, and if the Bills weren't killing the clock at the end of the game, you're goddamn right they would have gotten at least three more to put it at twenty nine, which means you needed thirty to beat us.
0: <laughs> yep. I wanna. Uh, I loved it all. And I wanted to uh, – I guess I just wanted to build on something that Sujit was saying in terms of his MVPs, which I think was a combination of, like, the announcers and the halftime adjustments. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I agree. I just thought, like, Chris Collinsworth did a tremendous job of characterizing what Josh Allen did after leading two touchdown drives in the third quarter – and was very complimentary. The you know uh, Chris Collinsworth, who was the announcer, said during half, uh, coming back from halftime, and uh, you know Mike Tirico asked him, "Hey, like, what's going to be the theme of the second half?" And 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 Chris Collinsworth said, "Pressure," and which yeah. team can handle it best? And the answer to that, for the first time in a long, 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 long time, is that the Bills handled it better.
1: Yeah. So I think that's a great segue to what I had written down. It's something we had touched on, but I don't think that we can emphasize enough, which is, yes, Brandon Bean gets a lot of credit for building this team around Josh Allen and for bringing in guys like Darrell Williams, who was having a great year, for filling out this receiver core and for finding two running backs who are perfectly serviceable. In the third round of the draft. And I actually wouldn't be surprised to see us take a third round running back every year in perpetuity, quite honestly, so long as Josh Allen's our quarterback, because that's all we're going to need. Okay? So yes, Brandon Bean gets a lot of credit. Stephon Diggs has played incredibly. He gets a lot of credit. And Josh Allen gets a lot of credit for his play. But a point that Sal made that really stuck with me in like week two or three is that what Josh Allen also needs to get credit for, one... His poise, like you said, Jeff, I mean, the guy handles pressure. He's got come from, come from behind wins like crazy. Mm-hmm. He, he, we, we've said over and over on this podcast, it, it, we're never out. I mean, I just kind of gave my LeBat blue to it because we can we can score points whenever we want. But he, it, that's, it, that's particularly true in clutch time. And again, if not for the Hale Murray, we would have won seven games in a row, including an incredible come-from-behind touchdown throw by Josh Allen. But the other thing that cannot be emphasized enough about Josh Allen, you got a guy with his arm and his speed and his size. It is really easy, and a lot of athletes with those attributes don't have the coachability and the attitude to learn. Yes, yes. And and not not only to be willing to learn – but to effectively learn and put all of these things into, into to actualize it all. Okay? And that's and everybody like kind of talks around this with Josh Allen, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Like he has he has taken the coaching and he has actualized it. Which yeah. you can't you can't really overlook that like that just doesn't happen. If that if that happened regularly, everybody would be a fucking superstar. Because every guy in every professional league is an athletic freak in some, in some way, shape, or form, but they can't all put it together. And we said earlier, like, when, when is the improvement going to slow down? And it's, it's fun as Bills fans thinking, like, well, it's, it seems like the sky is the limit. And part of the reason is because, yeah, there, there has yet to be something given to Josh Allen that he has shown incapable of learning and then putting into play on the field, which is kind of incredible. How good was that shimmy shake pass to Gabe Davis? Yeah.
0: That's two weeks in a row, a little shimmy. Mm.
3: Yeah, I, I just I want to say, first of all, can I just really quick, complete right turn. I just want to say I'm taking a moment to say that I love Andre Roberts. He's put us yeah. in great position uh, every fucking drive, and we're always in just we're not at – the 10 yard line we're not at the five yard line we are always 10 or 15 yards up from where we were and i'm sorry to andre roberts i now recognize your value and i'm a bad person for what i did before and i would like to just i'm like i'm not catholic but i'd like to take communion to say i'm sorry um i don't know that's not what communion is but but, but okay i i told you i'm not catholic
1: okay (laughs) let's be clear don't have to be catholic to take communion is that okay well but no but
3: but glars getting to your point Getting to your point, um, <laughs> listen. I'll do a puja, okay, to to Roberts. Okay, so, but Lars, getting to your point, coachability is is, is such a huge thing, and, and and I just feel like it's not just about all of the things that all, but it's also the things that he's put around himself, right? It's going to work with Jordan Palmer, right, in the offseason, season. Um, my gosh! Even the the announcers, right? The, these announcers don't know anything about the bills usually, right? They're sitting there looking at next gen stats and looking at like the the, the, the mechanics of. Um, I have about I've never all seen that anybody, anybody do that. It was, it was a little it was a little much. It was, it was a little way much. too much, right? Like because you never do that to any other quarterback. So let's like, go back and look at Josh's do foot that?
1: placement on this last pass. It was like all right, it's like oh, his toe angle is just a little bit outside of yeah, it's where like, he wants. Bitch, to be. You don't like, no, You've
3: never done any of those things. Yeah. You don't know. But I guess the point is that, like, regardless, the point is that everyone is trying to figure out how this kid has made such that's amazing jumps. what I'm saying, man. Jumps. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's incredible. Completion percent of 50% first year, 60% second year, 70% third year. <laughs> right? Like, like, It's never uh, happened uh, before. It's just, it's, it's 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 unreasonable. And this isn't a cakewalk schedule. We're, we're oh, like, no. This is one of the hardest schedules we've ever had. Like the ten and six last year seems like a fucking joke. Yeah. So compared to the schedule does. this year. This team is to, so much better. I mean, if we're at ten and six, it's gonna be a shocker, right? And yet we've played such a harder schedule. I mean, look at our wins. If not for you know, bullshit Hail Murray and Covid fucking us you know, completely and yeah, now I'm gonna take Lars's his uh narrative on this, right? Because at this point, like, we're looking back on it in hindsight, so clearly we got screwed. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Took you long enough. <laughs> but but if not for that, then our only loss is against Kansas City, right? And, <sighs> uh, and, and you know, like, whatever. Maybe the Titans did outplay us that game. Like, let, let's yeah. just give it that. Yeah. Like, Frank. But what did you do after that game? Right? The Bills team at the beginning of the season is not the Bills team now. This Bills team now is a much, much, much yeah. more complete team. We have a defense. We have a special team that's solid. We have an offense that can make adjustments. All of the things that we saw in this game are things that we could not do at the beginning of the season. So, I mean, bring on the fucking Titans. I'm happy to play you again. <laughs> this
0: team is so good. So
1: good. So,
3: and, and thank you, Sooj, because we would be remiss,
1: okay? I tweeted this out. We bet on it big last week. Tonight was the first defensive touchdown we have had since Christmas Eve 2017. (laughs) That's crazy. Which is crazy. But again, as the point we made two weeks ago is it speaks to the balance of this team that we're not relying on plays like that to win games. and, And we've won more games than we've lost since that day. However, that was the play that changed this game. Yep. The, the, Teron Taron Johnson and we have we had talked for a while on this show. We had we had referred to the like mid to late um round draft picks as the Taron Milano day three gems. Because Teron Milano or Teron Milano. Teron Johnson had a really fast start. It's it's named for Taron Milano at Jesus, here we go. Yeah, It's named for Teron Johnson and Matt Milano. It was two guys that Brandon Bean had found relatively late in the draft that looked really, really sharp. Teron Johnson looked really, really, really sharp when he started. He's been very quiet for about a year and a half. And the play he made today completely changed the game. A hundred percent. Because that Steelers offense wasn't going to do shit. If not for Dawson Knox coughing it up, as close to the goal line as he did, they weren't going to march down the field on us. It took them till the second half to figure out how to do that, and they didn't do it again after. That play gave us all the momentum we needed going into halftime, and after that, we just burned them. But, you know, we waited three long years for that play. We got yeah. it in a big way, and we got it with all of the benefits you could possibly ask to come with it.
3: And, and I want to be excited about this win, but I also want to recognize the fact that I – I'm sorry, this is not that good of a Steelers team. I know that I they know. have a good defense. I know that they have a good defense, and they clearly showed that. But, you know, Kansas City going up against this team, they would have figured them out as soon, if not faster, than we did, right? Um, and there's other teams, there's other offenses that we've played, whether it's the Rams or whoever, that probably could have gotten around their blitz. They've played shit teams, Absolutely yeah, shit teams. They played Tennessee, right? That's one of the best teams they played and they squeaked out a victory, right? And at that time, they were actually still throwing the ball and able to run the ball. But at this point, this team's not that good. So I want to be excited Mm -hmm. about the fact that we won and we won by more than 10 points for the second week, maybe the third week in a row. But Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. The teams we're going to face in the playoffs are probably going to be better than the Steelers team because they're so fucking one-dimensional. This yeah. off, their offense is putrid. Really? It's bad. Absolutely putrid. It's one of the worst offenses, I think that we've seen this, <laughs> yeah. this season. for sure. Right? Here's,
0: yeah. here's what's wild. We've gotten to the point where we, like the only teams that we consider good teams. Are like the top four teams in the NFL. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like there's a, there's an element of this where it's like it's it's it shows how how far the Bills have come, right? Like four years ago, if we played, I don't know, give me give me a like a team that's Arizona. like seven and Arizona. six the Jets. Okay. I, mean. I mean, you know, like this year we're you know worse. We just beat a team that's eleven and one, and we're and and, and on prime time. We just beat a team that's 11-1 and one on prime time, and we're just like, you know, I don't think they're that good. I don't think that <laughs> is – and that is that – is, I just think like – and by the way, Suj, I agree with you, but it's like such – it's such like a great – it's such an incredible positive like uh, like you know example of like how good our team is.
1: If it was the year 2011 and all four of us had just watched that game at Lincoln Station – and we, and we could say, Jeff, that we just beat a team that was 11-1 and 1 on primetime. We would be yeah. burning down Lincoln Avenue <laughs> right yeah. Now. yeah, I mean, Lars, let's— It would be pre- on fire. We would also
2: be anointing water. our quarterback, whoever that would be at the time, uh, as the greatest— Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I remember
3: when we beat Green Bay that one year, and they were, like, <laughs> Super Bowl-bound? Yes, and we were just – we had no business beating them, and we beat them. And it's just like, it just shows you what this team's all about. We lost our fucking minds, even though <laughs> yeah. we were inherently bad, 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 yeah. bad, 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 bad yeah.
1: team. Uh, I disagree. That
3: team was like, – that was, that
1: was the 2014 team. That was Kyle Orton on offense, but that defense was insane. And the following week, they went to Oakland against the team that was like 2-10 and 10 and just got run all over. It was the Latavius Murray game.
3: How do you and- know that? No no, 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 Lars. But this <laughs> is what I'm because. saying, Lars. But no, no. no, no let me just take a second before crazy. we get on to that. Before we get on to that, this is the point, though, Lars. These are the good teams that we've had in the past, right? No. <laughs> we yeah. had the Kyle Orton offense with the great defense. Oh, you know? dude, this, And w- those, are that that this, this, those are the teams that we're playing. Those are the teams that we're playing this team is in a different universe than Well, That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, like, but those are the teams that we're playing this year. We're playing. Oh the Raiders, right? That like, oh yeah, they they may have a good offense. Maybe they're okay, you know, blah blah blah. And the Rams have a really great defense, but and and a, and a strong offense. It's Sean McVay, but we can beat them. Not you know, not to, not to take anything away from the Rams. Like that's probably not the best example. But the perfect example, right, is Arizona, right? Decent defense. They have this new interesting offense, and we should be, you know, like. If that was a team that the Kyle Orton Bills had to go up against, it would have been a. If we won that game, we would have been like, "Oh my God, we're the best team ever, right?" We would have thought that as a quality win, right? But the thing is, is that nowadays, like the quality wins are different, right? We should beat yeah. the Arizona Cardinals, and the only team that we've lost to this year that we should not have lost to is the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Right. Mm. Tennessee <clears throat> outplayed us. Right? No question. And Tennessee was playing out of their fucking mind when they played us. Rest. And we were not as good. And we were not as good as we are now when we played them. That's fine. The only team that we have this like, you know, remember when we were watching, we're like, Oh man, if we had just if that that ball hadn't been stripped out of our tight ends and it was a Kevin Everett against Baltimore. We could have potentially made the wild card. Blah blah. blah. Sean Nelson. Sean Nelson. I don't know who it was. Okay, oh listen. I remembered Andre Holmes. That's all I'm getting from you. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, yeah. Stop me. all your head. But the so, point uh, is, uh, the, no. But the point is, is that 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 we don't lose to bad teams now, right? Like well, knock
1: on wood, because we're
3: playing a bad team on Saturday. I'm just
0: looking at the last drive, guys. The last drive of the game,
1: the Mm, Bills got the ball. Yes, dude, you mentioned this. Let's not not overlook this. Yeah, yeah.
0: The Bills got the ball at our own 29 with 7 minutes and 11 seconds left in the game. And and the Steelers never saw the ball again. That is something. Our last drive of the game was 13 plays, 62 yards, 7 minutes, 11 seconds, including 3 kneel downs. Perfect.
3: How many? Uh, how many brushes and how many that's,
2: passes? That's textbook how you want to write it up as a coach, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's we we've been missing that all year. I all mean, all the, the games we complain about not putting teams away. That was that's what was missing. Seven and minutes. I just,
3: wow, I loved it. As soon as they scored eight points, we just came back. Right, we drove yeah. down the field and scored more points. Yeah, that's right? it. And it's just, I mean, like it's really, remember, we we always talk about these spreads of plus three. Oh, would you take the Bills? Yeah, sure. I'll take the Bills. you can take the Bills plus three? Oh, I'm not sure about that. It might be kind of tight, you know. Fuck, man. The Steelers, you know, we beat them by ten. Uh, Eleven. Eleven.
1: Uh, So, uh, real quick, uh, and we'll wrap this up here, and yeah, thank you, Jeff, for putting that out there, because th- that shouldn't be overlooked. Yeah, we we held the ball for the second half of the fourth quarter and didn't give it back. We just kneeled it out. That's That's awesome. Um, so I just I just want to bring us back there. So I want to bring you back to 2014 because that win over the Green Bay Packers was well. Now that it's after midnight, exactly six years ago, it happened on December 14th. And the reason I remember that Jeff is because that win got us. I'm I'm looking at it now. I wouldn't have told you this, but now it, it, it kind of stands out. That win got us to eight and six, so <laughs> yeah. it put us in like the driver's seat for the playoffs. And all we had to do was to beat like this really, really shitty Oakland Raiders team, and we just completely shit the bed. Mm. And we lost that game, and then we ended up winning in New England week 17 because Brady and Edelman, all those guys, got benched in the second half, and Marone wanted to be a hard ass, and then he quit two days later.
2: (laughs) I believe that was also the time when my now wife, Carrie, a Packers, originally a diehard Packers fan, was... There with me in Orchard Park, and yes, and once seeing the jubilation that was involved in singing the shout song with seventy-two thousand five hundred other people, realized you know what? I think it's time for me to place my Packers hat uh, onto a shelf, keep it there, wow, for a little bit of wow. time buy a new Bills hat and hop on that bandwagon because baby I'm riding there with you and I see where this is
3: going <laughs> 6 and years later I'm going
1: to go to the top <laughs> Well there's plenty of seats on the Bills bandwagon now and if you waited 6 long years since that game to hop on board you wait it was worth the wait Yep because we're coming we're coming we might lose in the first round of the playoffs and it might be devastating yeah but we'll be there we're gonna be there dancing baby and we're gonna be there next year and probably the year after that you got and it it's a it's a wonderful thing Sooj, clank us out and get us get it to wild card
3: let's do this guys hey when's the last time we were 10 and 3 lars
1: i think 1991
3: <laughs> would we do that years lars
1: we, well, we destroyed the Raiders in the AFC Championship. Game
0: what day. were you doing in 1991 was... as a pretty good wild card?
3: We went to the Super Bowl, baby, so let's think... figure it out. Go Bills.
1: Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the wild card portion of today's episode. It's, it's the, the
2: wild card! card.
1: This is bills and beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer. I had a New Belgian accumulation. That's a a wintry beer. It's a white IPA. It's okay. I I didn't mind it. It's not too bad. Uh, Jeffy, I know you like your your light. Yeah, nothing. Hey, look at
0: nothing new here. Tried and true Bud Light. You may have heard of it. It's an American uh, lager, uh, straight out of St. Louis, and that's all I got to say about that.
1: Billy, coming to you now. I got
2: what they call a Labatt Blue Light. Wow. Wow. All
1: right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use Wait, this no, opportunity fuck to go... You to... All.
3: I'm the only person that has an interesting beer to talk about, okay? Cool. Yeah, and
1: you're going to talk about it probably for like five minutes, no, no, so no, I'm no, actually no, we'll going to use quickly. this opportunity to go Stone... get my own beer.
3: Oh, oh I thought you were going to talk about your beer.
1: I, I, no, I'm going to go get another one.
3: Okay. But I'll still be no, able to hear you, so talking. This is going to be fast. Listen, I started watching the game, and I had a villainous IPA. It's a West Coast IPA from around the Bend Brewery here in Chicago. And it's delicious. It's a beautiful West Coast mm. IPA. Uh, Jeff would hate it. Uh, yeah. Lars would love it. Cassie would hate it. Bill would be, would be questionable. Um, but it was in a purple can, and I don't know what to come of that, but it also had little mustache. And I thought of Josh Allen's little mustache in the beginning of the year. And then I realized, as I'm halfway through it and the Bills are doing bad, that Josh Allen shaved his fucking mustache, and so it's not appropriate anymore. And then the epiphany came to me when they showed Billy Buffalo in the stands wearing a big green jacket. And all of the beers I got had a green can, and the villainous had a purple can. So I went back and I got my Stone Delicious IPA, a solid Mm. stone IPA. You can't get better. Made with a little bit of lemongrass and citrusy and beautiful and delicious. And I got that right during the Bills field goal drive. And then the Bills scored, what, 23 unanswered points? Yeah. So that's what I drank for the rest of the day. And so Stone Delicious IPA, I cannot re- recommend it enough. And well, now I everyone's just cr- back. Now everyone's back. So I killed time and, just perfectly.
1: And I just cracked a, and we talk about it all the time, the uh, seasonal favorite, yeah, Shiner Cheer, yep. mm-hmm. Shiner Cheer, Christmas Lars, Merry. Which is actually going to get me in trouble. I uh, apparently, apparently, my wife has been rationing them and uh, <laughs> has taken notice of my, of, of my consuming them, and had a comment about it the other day. The uh, quick note, quick uh, correction here. So it was the 1991 season, which was actually the second trip to the Super Bowl. That was second the year the year they lost to the Redskins. So um, they did not beat the Raiders that year in the AFC Championship game. They beat the Broncos that year in the AFC Championship game. So 1991, though. So I I guess that's true. I I just did some quick research on this. Uh, I I could be wrong. I I started looking in the year 2000 because I don't think between – 2000 and 2020 there was ever a year we were 10 and 3 if, if any year it would 1, have been last percent year that's not possible yeah i i so so i guess and maybe i looked i overlooked one but my researcher and by research i mean just hitting previous season until i got back to a comparable record and in fact they were a little bit better in 1991 they were 10 and 2 and they got to 11 and 2 before going 12 and 2, 13 and 2 and finishing the season uh, 13 and 3 with an overtime loss to the Lions. Um, so all the way back to 1991, the season beginning in the fourth quarter of 1991. And I've said I believe on this podcast before that it's really easy for me to be to place myself in a year for most of the 90s at least because I finished second grade in 92 I finished third grade in 93 so like I always know so this would have been 91 so I would have I would have Wait, been What
3: is that right?
1: Yeah. I graduated high school in 2002 so 11th grade 2001 10th grade 2000 9th grade 99 8th grade 98 yeah so this season would have started 1991, first half of the year of second grade. So I would have been in second grade. I would have been in Miss Loomis's class. And I remember <laughs> the first day of class being like, holy crap, this lady's organized and she's kind of pretty too. I, I think in hindsight, not, not so much. Uh, but I, at the time, I thought she was really pretty. And uh, I remember th- thinking she was really organized and that like, wow, second grade is some real serious stuff because we've got places for everything. You have to finish an assignment and turn it in. Boy, there's a lot of responsibility here. However, I'm just going to throw this out there because in 1992, the following year, I was in Phoebe Strobel's third grade class. And I'm going to give Phoebe a big shout out because Phoebe was a huge, and I mean huge, Buffalo Bills fan. And it was right in the thick of the Super Bowl run. I was – Probably the only Bills fan in class. So Phoebe and I were tight. I was a star. I think she actually went to the Super Bowl that year against Dallas. I think that was the year in the Superdome or whatever it was when Whitney Houston sang the national anthem. I could be confusing several of those Super Bowls in that run. But it's funny. On a recent trip home, and I pulled it out, and I and I did a, I I, I kept it. There was a, a writing assignment. That was on like you know those cartoony, straight out of third grade kind of templates. Little character wearing a Bills helmet, and it was a writing assignment, and it was like all about how the Buffalo Bills eked out a win over the Miami Dolphins in the playoffs. And I'm reading this, thinking, "What? Like, there's no way a third grader wrote this. Like, this is like too advanced." And of course, I think very highly of myself, and of I think even higher. Of myself as a writer so i for me to read this and be like there's no way that third grade lars and then i did the math and i thought oh no, no no that's right i was in phoebe strobel's class so what it was was a cursive lesson and she just had to straight up write down what they had written about the bills in the newspaper that week and just copy it word for word <laughs> and we basically wrote down the box score about how like Thurman Thomas went for 110 yards rushing, went off on the on the Miami Dolphins as a cursive <laughs> lesson, and I and I now have it like in my work drawer right now. It's classic. So I know I I, I kind of cheated a bit. I jumped to third grade when in fact I was in second grade the last time the Bills were this good. But you get the general gist. I was a little fucking kid. Billy, coming to you now. Yeah, so 91,
2: eight years old, and I believe what I was doing. During a large portion of my day, other than go to school, was playing
1: Battle Toads.
2: you guys remember Battle Toads at all? Yes. Battle
1: Toads, dude. I could never get past the like motorcycle stage where you had to like move back and forth by the blocks real fast. I never got past that. Couldn't beat it.
2: Okay, wait. So what was the one where they drop down and you have to go like from side to side to yeah. side? Is that the one?
1: Yeah. And if you press the held against the side, you turn into like yeah. a bell and could like yes. really slam them. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like. Yes, like yes. like a wrecking ball, like thing. the vultures with like the wrinkly beaks, and some of them carried swords that you could grab. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, man, I was all in on battletoads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was playing a lot yeah. of
2: battletoads. <laughs> That's so all. Battletoads was the shit.
1: It was the great. It was a
2: great game.
1: That's it. You just wanted to talk about battletoads because I could talk <laughs> about battletoads for another half hour. Oh, man, I don't movie. know.
2: I honestly, dude, I have the worst memory. I have no idea what I, what else I was doing in eighth grade. I was charming teachers. You know, I'm just taking. Taking names, what are they? Check them twice, like Santa Claus, something like that.
3: Wait, you were in eighth grade, Bill?
2: Third grade. No, no, third grade. I was eight years old. Eight, eight okay. years old. Eight years um,
3: old. I was gonna say, yeah, because I, I was here in, in in eighth grade, I believe, because I started high school ninety two, graduated ninety six, so that ninety one would have been eighth grade. Um, and I, Lars, I'm just looking back at these scores, and you're right, it's ninety one, man, and. My God, I, I, you just you look back through. Okay, so what was I doing ninety one? Mrs. Graham was the hottest fucking social s- uh, studies teacher in the world. Want to bang her real bad, but I was a little, <laughs> little indie kid. Actually, I wasn't skinny on the I was kinda on fat. the Alpine skiing team, right? I was a good skier. No, actually, no, that was before I was on the ski team because it was in it was in middle school. They didn't have ski team then. Then, um, but were was, you in the I band? Was, I was an Enigma. I was I was a really good trumpet player. I continue to be a real good trumpet player, but I don't play that much. But I was when I stopped playing, so I'm holding on to that, like Thurman Thomas holds on to. He's a great football player. Um, so, Dr. What? Todd Shackman. So, I guess the thing is that Lars, like, it's taking me a little bit down memory lane, like as as you've made me look back through these records of '96, '95, '94, '93, '92. Like the teams, I'm just seeing win, 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 loss, win, 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 win loss, win, win, yeah. win, loss. Right, that's what we're seeing. And it, it just it gives me chills to know that that's that's our that's team. That's where we're at. That's, that's our where team we now. are. That's our yeah. team now. Like like until nineteen ninety one I couldn't find a team that did this is what nineteen ninety one did. Win, 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 loss. Win 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 <laughs> yeah. win loss. And they were ten and two. Right? In the Granted, like they then went win-win-win, loss, win-win-loss, right? So I mean, just but that's 1991. That's we were at the top of our fucking game, as the Bills, right? Even the year before when we had a when we had an 11 and five record. Does anyone think we're gonna have an 11 and five record? No, right? I don't think so. I think we're gonna all gas, no brakes, baby. Right? (sighs) Um, and then after that's 12 and four, that might be a possibility, but. And Lars, remember when you said that, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's possible that it's before 1990 uh, that, you know, or before the 2000 year. That's because before 2000, up until the past few years, we didn't win 10 games. So we couldn't have no. been 10 and 4, right? And then there was like two other years, random 1999, 1998, I think it was the like Bledsoe years. But so I, it's just, I, you know, what was I doing back then, right? I, I was still developing my obsession about Bill's superstition. Right. <laughs> like I was I was I, I chips and salsa was just becoming a thing.
1: Oh, by the way, that's how I started second half. By the way, I made myself a big old bowl of chips and salsa. You're but, welcome. But
3: also you turned on the light in your kitchen. <laughs> I think that's the key, personally. Besides my uh, Stone Delicious IPA, it was the key. It was that build. So anyways, guys, like, it's so fucking exciting. I mean, come on. What have we been waiting for? This is what we've been waiting for. And, you know, I don't want to be the fucking Cubs fan that says, oh, well, we're going to be in the the World Series for the next five years because look how we built it. But, yeah, we have that possibility, right? We've built it well. And it doesn't always work out, but, my God, it's – it's been I mean what what what's what's 1994 1993 the last time you know the Bills were real right like a real Super Bowl contender um here I am a fucking 42 year old old man you know like and it's just it's it's really it's almost emotional to sit here and think about the fact that like a quarter of your life went by and you were waiting for this right you know and that, and, that's, and I don't see that, I don't see that as a bad thing. I don't say this as a sad thing because I would never trade my moments as a Bill's fan, my moments as part of Bill's Mafia, my moments as a part of this bills Maf- this Bill's family for the past few years um, for anything else, right that's about love, it's about family, it's about, it's about the bills. Um, but it's still incredible to think that, hey, we've waited a really long time and we finally have a team, even if it's a flash in the pan that's, that's as good as those Super Bowl teams.
1: Well, and it's also the first year since 1999 that we are double-digit wins back-to-back years. We, we glossed right over that. We're at 10 wins. Yeah. Uh, we had 10 wins last year for the first time in, since ninety nine, and now we did it for the second year in a row. Uh, one other thing, I would, and I'm curious to hear what Jeff was doing when he was in second grade. One thing we haven't really discussed is how, how whack the new playoff format is that only the number 1 seed gets a buy, like that's that's kind of lame i mean there's really nothing to play for except for the number 1 seed now which makes which makes the rest of the season there's a little less intrigue mm-hmm. involved because the steelers are still playing you know there's there's they're still the, they're still the, the they're in the lead they're 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 still the team to get and the the, the chiefs are still on the outside looking in to get that buy, which is which is kind of dumb um anyways that's that was just inside we haven't really talked about it yet it it is kind of disappointing when you think about it that um you know that first the first and two one and two seeds were traditionally the ones to get now it's just the first seed and it's kind of stupid uh jeff second grade 1991
0: i'll keep you know i'll keep it relatively brief because i thought sujit waxed fairly uh poetically about i
3: have a tendency to do these things you know
0: just about about what this season meant um, as an aside, by the way, as as Suji was, uh, well, Leslie, uh, we know you're listening. It's
2: the first time I think I've called you Leslie. We got. I I just the 14 pages of scrapbook that you have on Jeff uh, and
1: post it to our <laughs> Facebook page. That would be great. <laughs> Thank you. I just let's be honest. It's about Laura. It's not about Jeff. <laughs> that's definitely true. <laughs> I I
0: that's great. That's great. I just I was. I just also realized, as this was going on, with three, games, right with three games left in the regular season, both Cole Beasley and Stefan Diggs have set their career highs in mm-hmm. receiving yards. And damn, it feels good. It just feels good that they're a part of the Bills when they did that. Three games left in the regular season, they both set their career highs in yep. receiving yards.
1: And Stephon Diggs, uh, we haven't mentioned it, we, 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 and, and by the time you've listened to it, you've already heard it, so it's not a fact, but it's still worth acknowledging, has tied Eric Moulds yep. with 100 receptions for a franchise record with three games to play. So he's going to, you know, again, barring injury, he's going to break that record.
0: And so look at I'll just make my 1991 experience you know, uh, an analogy or whatever to the Bill season. When I was seven years old, I was on the cusp of, I was at the be- the early stages of what you might call one of the great tennis careers in the history of Western New York. Wow!
1: <laughs> Tell us more. What,
2: what you might what you might call. Wait, I can't hear a single thing that's going on. <laughs>
0: what you might call <laughs> yeah. one of the one of the great runs of a racket sport that the racket sport world has seen. Can you hear me? By the way. Ch-
3: no, Jeff, it's really it's Bill? really convenient that Jeff is talking about his amazing high school college days, or sorry uh, high school tennis days, in a moment when the only other person that was there, which was Bill, cannot hear anything. Can't right hear him. Now. I can hear him we, loud and clear. Billy
1: can't. The, the only can person hear, that uh, was I thought, there and, and uh I and, are just joking and,
2: around right now.
0: And Bill, by the way, sort of who, who was, was the number one Bill was the number one player when we overlapped in tennis. Nobody needs to recognize that. 1991 was the was the uh, early stages of what you would call a dominant, I would call a dominant uh, athletic career. and And that reminds me of where the Bills are right now. And Bill is frozen. He can't hear. He doesn't know what's going on. It reminds me of the Steelers in the third quarter. And all we know is... The Buffalo Bills, ladies and gentlemen, watch out!
1: Watch out! Watch out, Chiefs! We we, we gave you
0: yeah, haven't we, we always a little rope to
1: dope there in October? We we I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we gave the Chiefs a little rope dope because if we have to see them in the playoffs, we are going to turn that game plan on its head. We're going to do everything the exact opposite the way we did the last time. Yes. And it is going to be. A wild game hammer the over as hard as you possibly can love it all right love it too well it's late as hell here on the east coast uh and you know again I'm, i'm not i'm not getting sick of talking about bill's wins but it's becoming pretty commonplace so uh if you're still listening thank you thanks for sticking with us throughout this entire season and all the way through this pretty fun episode i must say yeah um where on Saturday against the Denver Broncos which marks a very important anniversary that Jeff and I will surely share with you. If we haven't already, we don't think that we have talked about it, but it, yeah. <laughs> but it is it is honestly I mean, we've talked about a lot of Bills moments and how they pertain to our lives. This 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 is probably my number one Bills experience and it's barring a Super Bowl and spending that time with my boys and my wife Uh, it's really hard to figure something that's going to unseat what happened 15 years ago. The last time we played the Denver Broncos on a Saturday, but we'll talk about it next week after the Denver Broncos game. Thank you for being with us.
3: I have a quick. Suge has
1: one last thing to add make it good
3: next week. I say that at noon, we just start FaceTime each other and we just, start hanging out from the beginning and we just go about our day I know we all got stuff to do we all got whatever I got no Carrie and, and and I, I, Carrie and I shipped watch, off the kids watch, to
2: grandparents I like that Saturday
3: yeah I want to watch Bill's kids I want to hang out while Bill's hanging out with his kids I want. like y'all it can, like hang out with me while Lucy and I are playing like Minecraft or whatever like wow. I want to see like Jeff trying to figure out what he's making for dinner that night <laughs> like, I like it I like it answer stuff. the hard it's questions good. and then we're just gonna fucking tear up the world when we take over the fucking AFC East I well, like let's it. hope
1: so. Well, fr- from your lips to God's ears, and until then, go Bills. Let's go, go Bills. Bills. Let's go, but, but, oh.
0: The Bills make me wanna Show.